We're going to be learning Kuti Sichus the third Sicha for Pasha Tazria. This is a fascinating Sicha. It's based on a Mishnah in the Goyim. And it's a Ha'ara of the Rebbe's father explaining this Mishnah Pipi Misenyam. Our Shir will first explain this Mishnah Api Nigla, and then we will explain it Api the Bir of Ablevik. And then the Rebbe is going to continue and give his own Chadushim and Bir on the Ha'ara of Ablevik, especially regarding the idea of Meir Shabbos Kaidish. So in this week's parsha talks about the Mitzayra, and it tells us that if Mitzayra is Tamein, he has to go, that he has to be alone, and he has to be outside of the Machna. The outside of the Machna will be his Moshev. So the Shaila is, why does it say in the Pasuk, that his dwelling will be outside of the camp? It should have just said, he'll sit, he'll, the way he's going to reside outside of the camp. By stressing that it, he has a Moshev, the Chachamim learn that the Moshev of a Metzairah also becomes Tamei. For example, if a Metzairah is sitting under a tree, and then someone who is Tara passes by and goes under that tree, the Tara person will become Tamei because of the two Masaras. The reasoning is because since he is sitting under the tree, the Metzairah, that becomes his Moshev. And therefore, the Tara person will become Tamei. What happens if the Mitzvah walks into his house. So if it's a house that the Mitzvah owns, or it's a house that he has Rishos to be in, that would also be considered Mitzvah, and the house and everything inside of the house will become Tame. But what happens if the Mitzvah goes into a friend's house, which he doesn't have permission to be there? Would that still be considered Mitzvah, his dwelling, because he is there? Or you would say, no, it's not his Mitzvah, because he doesn't have permission to be there. So this is the topic of discussion in a Mishnah in, in the Goyim, Perak. Uh, Yud Gimel, Mishnah Yud Aleph. So the Mishnah tells us like this. It says, Kalim miyat If the Mitzorah comes into somebody's house, the Kalim will become Tameh instantaneously. What does that mean, instantaneously? So this is the opinion of the Tanakhama. So there are, just to give you some of the, how the Mephorshim explain it, because L'chaira, the rule is, in order for it to become his Moshe, he actually needs to be there B'Kriya. So for example, if he's sitting under the tree, he has to be sitting under the tree. If he's just passing by and another person passes by at the same time, or even if the other person's actually sitting under the tree and then the Mitzvah passes by under the tree, the Torah person will not become Tameh because that's not considered his Moshe. It's considered his Moshe only if he's there, Bekviyas, that makes it into his Moshe. So if he's just coming into the room, why would, even according to Tanakhama, why would you be Tameh? Why would the Kalim become Tameh? He actually has to make it into his Moshe. So the Mephorshim give a few different ways of explaining it. The most simplistic way is uh, the way the Rash tells us that it means, it means, and he stops. It means that he stands and he, and he stops moving. And he, you know, so it says, Miyad, can you stop? So it doesn't mean literally Miyad as soon as he comes in. It means Miyad when he comes in and makes it his Moshev by stopping and resting. That's a simplistic way of learning. Sisyantav has an interesting Chiddush. And he says, no, there's a Chiluk between a, a house and a tree. He says, by a tree, you talk and you need to make it into your motion by sitting. But a house or any building which has mechitzas around it, as soon as the motor comes into a place which has mechitzas, that makes it his motion. That's a defined area. And so a defined area, as soon as the motor will come into it, that will make it into his motion. And he bases that on the Taisvis. That's how the Taisvis Yomtev learns it. The Bartanura learns it a third way. He says, actually, he learns the mission differently. When he says the Kalim Yad Tmeim, he says it's not talking about a Mitzvah that comes into the house of a Tar individual. 
No, it's actually talking about a Tarher person who's holding Kalim, and he goes into the house of a Metzayim. So uh, this Tar person who's holding Tarher Kalim, as soon as he goes into a Metzayim's house, the Kalim Miyad Haim Tamei. That's how the Rab learns it. But all the Mephoshim ask on the Bartanur that it's not the Mashmois of the Mishnah at all. And as we're going to see the second opinion of Rabbi Yehuda in a moment, it's going to be extremely difficult to explain what's what's Rabbi Yehuda arguing on. It seems like they're talking about two totally different things. So therefore, the Bartanur is very hard, difficult to understand. Either way, the summary, just to recap what we said so far, according to the Tanakama, if a Metzoyra comes into a house, so as soon as he comes in, which can mean either he actually settles in there for a moment, or as like the Tosis Yomtev, as soon as he comes in, because it's a place with four Mechitzas, the home will become Tameh, and everything in it will become Tameh. Rabbi Huda disagrees. Rabbi Huda says, Im shak they had in there. Rabbi Huda says, since he doesn't have permission to be there, so it's without Rushos. So therefore, the, it has to be Moshevay. And this isn't his Moshev because he doesn't have permission to be there. So rather, if he waits the amount of time that it takes to light a candle, and the Baal Habas doesn't tell him to get out, then the house would become Tami because then it's considered as if he had Rishos. But if the Baal Habas tells him within the amount of time, let's say it takes two minutes, to light the candles, you would tell him, hey, get out of the house, then the house will not become Tami because of the Mitzayr coming into it. So the Forshim asked on Shitzah Sabihuda two questions. Question number one is, why, why are you specifying a candle? Like, what's the deek over here of a hadlaka snare? Meaning, is what happens if it's uh, during the day? So if it's during the day, it's still, it's still the same halacha. The same halacha would be is how the amount of time you would take to halakha snare, even if the person's not actually involved in lighting the candle, you would still have that amount of time kadeh hadlaka snare. So why are you focusing on hadlaka snare? What's the diak over there regarding hadlaka snare? And the second question they ask is, halachayra, lighting a candle is not so much tircha. So technically you could, while you're lighting your candle, you can turn your head and say, hey, get out of the house, your tummy. So why would hadlaka snare seems not to be a, a strong enough tashmish to say that since he was too busy lighting the candles, that's why he didn't tell the person to get out of the house. Or you could light the candles and at the same time tell the person to leave. So there's two main explanations which are given. The first one is based on the Tverus Yisrael and also the Rashash. So the way how I understand their Pshad is like this. The MS, Minha Taira, it has to be literally his Moshev. It has to be the Moshev of the Metzayra in order for it to become Tami. This is not his Moshev. It's a Moshev of a Chavar. But it's a Tukamas Chachamim that if the Metzayra comes in and he waits a certain amount of time inside someone else's house, the house will be considered Nidurabah and his Moshev and therefore will also become Tami. So the Chavim were misakin it how much time that would take. So what they were misakin were Delei Hadlakas Nair. Why? Because Hadlakas Nair is a Tashmish Kal. It's something very easy. And in Echinami, it's something that you could do, you know, you can light the candle at the same time call out to your friend. And the purpose, what they're trying to say is that the amount of time that they're giving is regardless of really what you're doing. It's light plug. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. If it's a lot of or if you're just walking around in circles or doing some other type of tashmish, the reason why they chose Kudlei Allah is because in one hand it expresses that it could be that you're, you know, you're busy with something. That's why you're not telling him to leave. But it's also telling you it's like the lightest form of labor that technically, even while you're doing that labor, you could have told them to leave. 
and to tell you that even though since this is only a, a takana therefore they're giving you a certain amount of time regardless if like logically you could have told them to leave or not it's a certain amount of time and therefore it would apply you know if it's during the day during the night it doesn't really matter you always have that amount of time that's one answer second answer which is given is that also also by the first Israel that we're talking about Halakas Ner Shabbos. It says the Holy Nasher actually say, it says Hadlakas Ner. So it has the Heya Yidiya, the lighting of the candles. Why the lighting of the candles? Because we're talking about that maybe he's busy setting up the Shabbos candles. Therefore, since he's busy with Halakas Shabbos, he, he's not able to stop in middle and tell the person to leave because that would be a hapsik. So the Tukano was based on that. It could, if a Mitzvah comes into someone's house, he could be busy with the Hadlakas Ner's and he won't be able to make a hapsik. So therefore, we need to give him a certain, we, we, we need to give him a, so maybe he would be busy, and technically he would have thrown him out of the house. So therefore, this that he doesn't throw him out of the house doesn't mean that he's giving him rishos. Uh, but after that amount of time, once he would finish lighting his Shabbos candles and he still doesn't tell him to leave, then the talk of the whole house become tummy. And once they made the Takana because of Shabbos Kaidish, their Shabbos Kaidish, they were, because of the Indian of Light Plug, they said, you know what, it doesn't make a difference if you're lighting Shabbos candles or not lighting Shabbos candles, you're always going to have that shears man to be able to throw the person uh, out of the house. So Reb Leivik, as the as the Rebbe explains him, learns it learns according to the second shot. So the beer of, of, of Reb Leivik is going to be based on the second shot that the mission is talking about Hadlakus Neir Shabbos. So Reb Leivik says like this: that a house is the Indian of Malchus. The or the Indian of Hadlakus Neir is the idea of Hamshachas or Shachas HaChachma, the Indian of drawing down Chachma. The light being removed is the Indian of the removal of Chachma. And the Indian of the Metzaira is a Metzaira Nefsh of Kness. And it, based on what, the shot of this is, based on what it's explained in Lukut Teitaira, that the reason why the Metzaira comes Tame is because he doesn't have the Indian of Chachma, he doesn't have the Indian of Bittal. So the Neg of Tsaras comes from a lack of Chachma, a lack of Or, which, a Bittal which is shining on him. So it's something which automatically comes. Once the or of Chachma is removed, then the neg of Tsaras comes. So therefore, Reb Levick explains, so when the person is busy lighting the candles, meaning he's busy with the inyan hamshachas of the or, hamshachas of Chachma, with the inyan of Bittal, then the, the hispashas of the Tsaras, the tumma is unable to be mispashed into the house. It's not able to have any effect on him or the house. But once he's finished lighting the candles, then the Tuma Saras is able to come in. Because that's the idea of the Iskalkus, the Arachachma. And this is similar to the Taras, as explained in the Kutta Tara, regarding the Tara of the Mitzayr. That with the Taras of the Mitzayr is through the Kayin, through the Inyan of Amshachas HaChachma, as explained over there. So the Rebbe explains that this is, ba- again, I'm giving my own interpretation of how the Rebbe is ex- explaining it. The Rebbe says that this is based on the Second explanation that we're talking about Ne'er Shabbos Kedush and not the first shot, which would be any type of candle. Any meaning is that it's because any it's a shtab shuskal. It's like the first shot was that it's any type of candle, any type of lighting, and it was just like a dogma which the Chachamim gave because it's a tash mishkal and a kolshkin mekavachim or anything else that the person might be busy with at that moment in time. And he explains what's the difference between Shabbos candles and regular candles. L'chayra, the Mila of Shabbos candles is, is the Indian of Shalom Bayis. As the author explains that, one of the reasons why you light the Shabbos candles is that they should be light in the home, and therefore a person will not stumble 
on wood or stones. Uh, or in other words, is like this. The union of Shabbos candles is that it brings a light into the home. And because of this light, which is in the home, it stops the darkness or any type of mikshol from happening. Mikshol of Eitzvahavin, and also from a mikshol of Tumah, or her spashtus of Tumah. So the Mitzur, which comes to the house, and he wants to be mispashit, the Tumah wants to be mispashit within the house. It's unable to, because of the Nehru Shabbos, which is being mispashit, the R, which is blocking this Tumah from becoming able to come in. But Masha'inkin, when we're talking about just a regular type of light, I, even a regular type of light you have in home, like on Tuesday, you have your lights on, you also want to stumble on eight seven. So why is it Dafka, Shabbos, Tanzim, Shalom, or any type of candle would be add in Shalom Bayis during any day of the week. But the Pshad is because only when it's Shabbos candles, it's something which is Api that it's a command of the Torah, and therefore it's a Zichr Zach that it's going to bring Shalom Bayis. This is the promise of the Torah. The Torah says to light it, bring Shalom Bayis, that will bring Shalom Bayis. Masha'ink and other candles, sometimes it could bring Shalom Bayis, but sometimes it could cause the opposite effect that you could see, uh, you could see something on your friend that you could see something that you don't like. You could see something that bothers you. So sometimes by being able to see what's going on, it actually could cause friction between people. Therefore, it's not always an Indian of Shalom bias. So to summarize, this is the shot that we have in our Mishnah that according to Ablavik, the reasoning why, according to Behuda, had locus nares, that, that the, the, the spashtus of the tumah of the Mitzvah is only if he waits longer than the amount of time to do the hadlakas nares is because when a person is involved with hadlakas nares, that means he's involved in, you know, Chachma. when he stops being involved with hadlakas nares, then the tumah of Saras is able to be spashed in the house. And this is not connected to the union of, of Nehru Shabbos, because as we're, according to this second interpretation that we're having, the whole Takana is based on Nehru Shabbos, meaning everything is based on this union of of the, of the Ara Chachma. It's because of Ner Shabbos, because Ner Shabbos is the union of Shalom Bayis. But the Shaila is, the Rebbe continues, that according to Rebbe Levi's beer, why is it Dafke why, why is this idea of Hadlakis Neris or Hamshakas Chachma mentioned specifically by Tuma Saras? According to the way we were explaining, is that the Neris really are block any type of mikshul. So it really blocks any type of tumah from coming into the home. So why is this dugma connected back to the tumah saras and not any type of tumah? It's really something which is connected to any type, all tumahs. So alpi drush, we can say it's because tumah saras, is, the reason why a person gets saras is because he, he did lashahara. So therefore, the takana is Halakas Nehru Shabbos, which is Indian of Shalom Bayis, so it connects very well. Also, we explained Alpi Nigla, we have two interpretations why we mentioned Halakas Nehru's um, over here. That was the explanations we gave earlier. But what's the connection? What's the Hadgosha Halakas Nehru's to the Indian of Tumas Saras? So the beer is based on what the Gemara tells us in Mestach Shabbos and Dabchav Gimel. It says that Hazoyer b'neir having a late tamid someone who is careful with neris of Shabbos or neris Hanukkah will have children who are tamid either children or someone who are tamid chametz. Rashi says that neir mitzvah the tar are that through the neir mitzvah of Shabbos for Hanukkah the person will get the Torah are. So the truth is. Ner mitzvah tayar. When it talks about the ner of a mitzvah, which brings the tayar, which would be the children who are tamid chachamim, 
that's really any mitzvah. Their mitzvah is any mitzvah is considered a candle. But we don't see this bracha or this segula by any mitzvah. It's dafka by Ner Shabbos. And the reason, and Hanukkah, the reasoning is, as the Rebbe explains, is because by Ner Shabbos, it's madgish more how a mitzvah is the union of Ner mitzvah. By other mitzvahs, this, that every mitzvah is a Ner, is a light, and brings ruchnis into the world. That's true on a ruchnistic sense, but it's not personified in a physical way. Masha Enkin, when we're talking about Ner Shabbos, or Ner Hanukkah, the Or Ruchni is, becomes Begiloi within a Ner Gashni. So therefore, since it has a physical representation that the Ner Mitzvah, literally the Ner a Mitzvah Ruchnis becomes a Ner Mitzvah Begashnis, therefore that has a much greater effect on this world, and therefore the Tar'ar has a much greater effect, and therefore you'll have children who are Tamid Chachamim. And the, the beer of this, and, and therefore he says, based on this idea, we can understand an interesting idea. It tells us also in the Sechel Shabbos Tachach Beis that the Ner Maravi was a edus for Lachobala Ilm Shashchina Sherbi Yisrael. That the Ner Maravi is, is, a, is a testimony that the Shechina Sherbi by the Eden. The reasoning is because there was a miracle that was done with the Ner Maravi within the within the Chechel of the Beis Hamikdash. That all the candles were lit and put the same amount of oil was put in at nighttime, and all the other candles would come extinguished by the morning. Mashenkin the Ner Maravi it would last until the next evening and. They would use the, the fire, which was still lit from the Nehemiah Ravi, to light all the other candles uh, each night. So the Nehemiah Ravi basically stayed a full 24 hours, even though it just had enough oil for 12 hours, like the other candles. So that's a, that's a edus that the Shechina Sherebi strong. So the question is, we know it says in Pirkei Yavis, the fifth paragraph of Pirkei Yavis, that there were 10 nissen that were done by Saint of and, and many of these miracles happened within the within the Azara, or even within Yerushalayim, for example, that uh, says that no person, every, there was no person that said, I couldn't find a place to sleep in Yerushalayim. Or they, when they were standing, the Azara, as was Nashim, they were squished, but everybody had enough room to be able to bow down. So there are miracles that were done in a place where other people can see it. Mashenkin, when we're talking about the Ner Maravi, it was within the Kaidish, within the Hechav. Only ones who would see it on a regular basis would just be the Kayin. Would be lighting the Nehemiah Masha Inkin, these other Nisim Lechaira, was something which were much more public. So if you want to have an Aedus at the Shekhinah Shabbi Yisrael, look at the ten Nisim that were being done in a public way, Masha Inkin, the nearest of, of, of the Migdash. But based on what we said, the Pshat is that this is a, the reason why the Ner Maravi is a greater Aedus is because the Inyan Ruchni, the Shekhinah, is personified in a physical way that it's within this world. That the Ner Maravi, since it's coming into something, a Gashmi Stika Ner, so the light of the Gashmi Stika Ner is a physical representation of this Oruchni, that Oruchni is being expressed peculiarly in something which is the Gashmis. And therefore, that's a much greater Eidos uh, than the other miracles, which didn't have, as, uh, to the same extent at least, a physical representation, something more tangible that you could actually uh, see um, for, for the mir- regarding the miracle. So what's the beer? So that so let's just recap. So what we're trying to figure out still is what's the special connection of the Nera Shabbos to Mitzayra more than any other type of Tuma. So we started explaining first what is the Maila of Nera Shabbos. And once we understand what the Maila of Nera Shabbos are, then we can understand why it's connected to the Indian of Tuma Saras. So we started explaining that the Tahara, that the sorry, that the Neris that the Neris of Shabbos, the 
they cause a person to have children who are Tamidi Chachamim. And we explain that the idea of this is, is because there's a physical representation within this world of the Or Ruchni, that the Or Ruchni has a physical Nergashmi that it's able to be expressed. Therefore, it also has a much greater effect in this world. So let's explain this idea a bit more. That why, what is this idea of that the near, that it's able to cause, has the physical effect on this world, is, we said it really, at this point, we said it in two ways. A, as we mentioned, the Hastamid And the second way that it has a um, representation is through the union of Shalom. So let's talk about the second idea of Shalom. So it says in the Rambam, at the end of Hilchas Hanukkah, Tells us that the entire Torah was given. That the Torah was given in order to make peace in the world. So that means that any mitzvah that a person does, or any time a person learns Torah, that is being moist of shalom in the world. But nonetheless, there's a certain milah that we have by Ne'er Shabbos. As we, because by Ne'er Shabbos, there's an added hadgasha about this Indian of shalom, because it's not just a shalom baruchimiyas. Or, or that's coming into this world that's causing peace, but rather there's a shalom, even a physical type of shalom that's coming, that there's an actual shalom between a man and his wife. And, he, and they're literally not stumbling, it hates forever. So the beer of it is, how does mitzvah cause shalom ba'ilam? And it's because the true, um, the truth of this world is, the true mitzvah of this world is a lakos, as explains in Tanya, that the world is created Yeshma'ayin. Since the world is created Yeshma'ayin, it needs Hashem's energy to be giving it Chayus and being Kiyom every single moment. And if that Chayus will be for just one moment, the world will return back into Ayin. So in other words, is that the true Mitzvah of this world is really Hashem's energy, which He's causing it to come, to come into being. It's just that there's a Halam Hester and we're unable to perceive it. So Hashem gives the Torah into this world, in order that there should be shalom, meaning is that we're able to see the truth of the world. And by being able to see the truth of this world, that the whole world is really Yalakus, and the whole world is Gatlachait, then the world is not a contradiction, it's not at war with Hashem. On the contrary, you see how the world is really one with Hashem. And then that's the union of shalom, that there, there's not a machlikus between Hashem and this world, between the Pamayo Shalmailo and the Pamayo Shamata. Rather, there's the union of shalom and achtus, which comes through it. So by learning Torah, you're revealing the achtus that we, that we naturally have with Hashem. And that's why it says the Lashon of Nitna, the Torah was given into this world to make Shalom. Because we're talking about how the Torah was put into this world. Enoch Hinami, how the Torah was, is, before it was given, how it was in the Oilam Ruchnim, or even above the Oilam Ruchnim, then it wasn't the Inyan of Lashon of Shalom, it wasn't given to be at Shalom, because the Torah, how it is on its own, it's before the Inyan of, of Helam the Hester. It's only how it's given, how it's put into Olam Hazler, where we have Halim Hester, then we say that the Torah was given to make Shalom Ba'ilam. Because only in this world do you need this union of Shalom. So that's by Chol Kula. But when we come to Ne'er Shabbos, this idea is even in a much stronger way because it's, there's a physical manifestation of it. And that's why, Al-Pipinimis and Yanuma, it says, Shalom Yikashul Ba'be Eitz you shouldn't stumble by wood or with stones, this is Marames on an Indian of Avaitazar. It says in Yermia, the Lashon is, They say to the wood, You're my father, and said to the stone, You're the one that gave birth to me. Meaning is, they're calling the eights of the Evan of Avaitazar. So when it says by Ne'er Shabbos, you, it, it, you won't be Nech Shabbat eights of the Evan. It's telling you that you, it's being Shoyla the Indian of Avaitazar Batakos. 
that even the possibility of avoidance are is being pushed away from your home. And this is the idea that we've been speaking about the whole the entire time, is because the union of the nearest, which is the union of the shachas ha the shachas of Bithel into the home, that's shoyel, any type of ispashtus, of any type of tumah, or any type of oedazar, which would come to the home. And the, now we understand in a deeper way. How could that, that do that? How could Ner Shabbos accomplish this? It's because Ner Shabbos Kodesh have the ability to make shalom. They have the ability to reveal the truth of this world, that the truth of the eights of Eden is that it's really a lukus. It's not a oedazar, something separate from the sham. On the contrary, it's really one thing with the sham. So now we have a much deeper understanding of the Ne'er Shabbos Kodesh and their effect on this world to make the Inyan of Shah. So based on this, we can understand, we can connect now Tumas Mitzvah back to the Inyan of Ne'er Shabbos. So the Inyan of the Tumah of Mitzvah is that it's, a, it's a, one of the worst types, it's a, from the, from the Tumas HaChich Therefore, we know that by Mitzayr, the lacha is bedad yeshem mechutz l'machna that he has to, he's thrown out from all three machnas. Other types of tumah, you're only sent out from the machna shechina. There's other tumahs that you're sent out from the machna leviyah, but to be thrown out of the all, from all three machnas, that's only by Mitzayr. And in that gufa, it's bedad yeshem, meaning that he's not allowed to have other tamim with him. What does it mean, other tamim? So, Vashis, what it means is that if there's a, someone who's a zav or a balkari or someone's tumah smes, they are not allowed to be with him. He has to have his own place, his own Moshe for the Mitzvah. He can't be with other types of Tumah. But the Rebbe does point out in Ha'ara uh, 32, 32 star, if you look over there, the Rebbe points out that, that the Badad Yeshev, it says two things in the Pasuk. It says, Badad Yeshev, Mechutz Tamachna Moshevai. So one Pasuk is the Shalchum that he has to be sent out from all three Machnes. That's one idea. And from that, we're learning out that he also has to be on his own. He has his own Maishev. But then there's a second idea with Badad Yeshev that could mean that it means that even with other Mitzrayim, he's not allowed to be with. So the Pashtas, the Rebbe brings, you have to look at the Kapsikh, the Rebbe, most of the learning that he's allowed to be with other individuals that have Tzaraz. But there is a way of learning to say that even with other Mitzrayim, he's not allowed to be with that. He has to be literally on his own. And the Rebbe discusses the two Tzadim over there uh, in Chayla Chabbez, Prisi there. But the Pashtas, I said, most Mephorshim learned that it means he's allowed to be with other Mitzrayim, but there is a Tzad to say that it means even with another Mitzrayim, his tumor is so bad he can't even be with other Mitzrayim. And the Rebbe explains it makes its logical sense. If the whole purpose for him to be alone is because he causes Pirud and Sinus Chinam, therefore he has to be alone in order to do Tshuva, then what's the point of him being with other individuals that are also, or have the same Machla as him, that are also doing Lashon Har and Sinus Chinam? You put them all together, it seems like a very bad idea. And even though we find that by Gechasi and his three children, if they were together, that might have been for a different reason, because they were his children, therefore they had a chiv to give him chavit. But Stamazai, um, it could be that individuals with Saras cannot be together. Okay, either way, the point is that it's such a tumah that he can't be with other individuals who are his tummy. He's completely sent out from the Machna HaKadusha. And the reasoning for this is, is as the Rambam explains, that Saras comes because of Lashon Har. And Lashon Hara eventually causes a person that you speak against Hashem and your kaifer in the ikr, that you come completely uh, torn away from Hashem. Therefore, in order to stop this astashtas of Tumah, you need the union of the Ne'er Shabbos Kodesh, because the powerful effect of the Ne'er Shabbos Kodesh, which are in this physical world, that they, as we said earlier, they bevarn which is the union of Adazar. So therefore, we see that the Ne'er Shabbos Kodesh have a a power to remove in Yanam of Zar. 
So Tumas Saras, which comes from the Indian of Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara ultimately brings to the Indian the Spashtus of Lashon Hara, and the persons involved in Lashon Hara, that eventually leads to the Indian, the Spashtus of it will eventually lead to the Indian of Kreif, from the Ikri, Indian of Eidizar. So Neris Kodesh has this power that it blocks these Spashtus, that it protects the home from any type of foreign influence uh, that, that can come in. And that's what, that's the special connection with Tsaras versus all other types of tumas, because other types of tumas don't necessarily have this aspect of Lashon Hara and Abay Dazar connected to it. Mashaikin Tsaras does, and therefore a person needs to have that special protection to protect yourself, and that's the Shabbos Kedush, near Shabbos Kedush. Near Shabbos Kedush has a powerful protection, the Rebbe is trying to say, of helping you and, and protecting the home from all the evil influences that would otherwise be able to come in. Another rabbi adds an important point in Sefiyot. Until this point in time, we've been talking about how the Nero Shabbos actually just protected his spashos. If you have the Mitzayar, the Mitzayar comes into the house, which I guess in the Ummah that means, you know, all the foreign influences that are in the world, sometimes they can come into the house. But how are you going to stop that? How are you going to protect the house? So the answer is Nero Shabbos. So the rabbi says that if you look at the hours of the of, um, of Rabbi Levik, he says that the that halakas and neris is al derech the taro of the mitzvah through the kain. That the kain is the idea of being mamshich chachma into um, into the mitzvah. Mamshich the or chachma, which was nostalgic. So he says, according to this, the inyan of neris shabbos kedush is not just that it's able to stop the hispashtus of the tomb into the house, but actually has the capability to keep things tar, which the idea would be is it's the inyan of ashapcha chashaychul and ayra. The inyan of zdeinis nasalayschuyas. That the idea of Badad Yeshev could be transformed to the idea of Heim on the Badad Yishkan, Betach Badan Ein Yankin. And that's the idea uh, regarding the Choshev of Golis in general, that the Choshev of Golis would be transformed to the Ur. And that's through the Neres Shabbos Kedish. That through the Neres Shabbos Kedish, you're going to transform the darkness of Golis and cause the Geula, the Binyan Beis Migdash, Mar Lechem Neres Shotsian, Bahaya Lacha Hashem Lar Yaylam, Belaila Kriyayim Yayim. So it has the power of the nearest Shabbos to actually transform the entire home to a place of Or and Tahara. And that is the conclusion of the Sicha. The Rebbe adds a very powerful lesson. And this is regarding lighting for young girls to light uh, Shabbos candles. The Rebbe says that all Yiddish Atakta, once they reach the age of Chinuch, which is the time that they understand the uh, the idea of Shabbos candles, Shabbos candles, Yantav candles, even if at they, their minig of their home was not to light Shabbos candles until this point, rather many had the minig that they only start lighting Shabbos candles at the Chasna, they should start lighting candles right away because of the darkness of Golis and the influences that are constantly coming to, to trying to penetrate the home, the daughter needs to light the Shabbos candles to protect her, to bring in this Aura Chachma, to bring in the light, to be able to transform her life, to belighten her leaven that she should remember, like we say in the bracha, that Hashem is the Melech Eilam. And through her starting right away, then when she eventually reaches her Chachsna, then Havai Lecha Le'or Eilam. And she'll be, and then her, as the Keres Abayas, she'll be able to establish a home on all these So the first reason the Rebbe is given why girls at the age of three should already begin lighting Shabbos candles, even if that's not your minute, is because basically our generation is different than what it was earlier. Enochinami, maybe in earlier generations, they had this minute. And it was a good minic for those generations. But now that we need we need to change the minic based on what's called the, the the dark influences which are going on in the world, and we therefore need a greater protection, which acts through the narrow Shabbos Kaitish. 
Yoda then gives a second reason why it's important for the girls to start lighting Shabbos candles. So he says that if in prior generations, um, the mother was the one that found the shidduch. It was mostly the mother and the parents that were involved in making the shidduch between uh, Kala and Hassan. And therefore, when it says that you'd have, through lighting Shabbos candles, you have children which are telling me that was mostly uh, really an obligation of the mother because she, or, and the father um, because they were the ones who were involved in the shidduch. So in Achinami, there still needs to be somewhat of the schus of the daughter because because any mistadesh is all of that. But nonetheless, the ikir schus would have been inside the mother lighting uh, the candles, and then the daughter would find a, a husband or, or a son-in-law who's going to be a Talmud Chacham. But nowadays, Bepayel, whether you know, we want this or not, the says, the, the decision is for the Shaduchim is really decided by the daughter. So therefore, the main schus is beside the daughter. So she needs to have a schus that she will be able to find a husband who is a Talmud Chacham. Rebbe then gives a, Rebbe then has an aura, take a moment to read this, our aura 48, the Rebbe mentions that Lachaira, you can ask, that from the Gemara that we mentioned in Shabbat, says, Have you laid Bonim, Tamid We said Bonim is explained to mean either children or son in laws, but not that you're going to have a husband. So Lachaira, having the daughter light, and we're saying, like, The daughter lighting, that's going to be a sorcerer that you'll find a husband to Tamachat. No, but that's not what the Gemara said. It says, You'll have Bonim, which means sons or son in laws, not your husband will be a Tamachat. So the Rebbe says, First of all, if you look at the Zayar, he writes that Ner Mitzvah, means Shabbos candles, and it brings Torah Eitzel to the husband. That the main meaning of Ner Mitzvah Torah means that it's going to bring it to the husband. But if for whatever reason it can't be piled on the husband, then it will be piled on the children. So according to the Zayar, it's clearly speaking about it will have an effect on the husband. So according to the Zayar, is also the husband. And then he continues that even according to the Gemara, the Bach and the Lavush learn the Gemara like this. The Bach asks that Lachaira, usually with these types of things, if you're doing a mitzvah, let's say it's the husband that's lighting or paying for the candles at least, why is it that he's going to have children at the time Why doesn't he himself become a Talmud Chacham? So the Bach says it's talking about when the Baal's not Shaykh to become a Talmud Chacham. For whatever, he's not Shaykh for such a thing, then it'll go to the children. The Vush says it's talking when the husband is already, he's a Sholem Adar, he already is a Talmud Chacham. So according to the Bach and the Vush, they're saying the Gemara is speaking about when the husband already is a Talmud Chacham, I guess. You know, if the mother is involved with lighting Shabbos candles, we're assuming that the husband is already a chaver. Or the other way of learning is you can assume that he's not, but nonetheless, he's someone who's not shy for it, and therefore you would go to the children. But what we're seeing is that lechatchila, the truth is it should be going, like the Zayar saying, it should go to the husband. Ah, if that's supposed to can go to the husband, then it goes to the children. Or, oh, I might think maybe it goes to everybody. But um, definitely it's also shy to the husband. And then the Rebbe says, that even if you want to say that, according to the Shas, it's only talking about banin and son-in-laws, but he says the halakas nearest of a girl before the age of bas mitzvah is mitzvah the mitzvah which is upon the father. So therefore, the schar would be shaykh more to the father because the father is the one that's training the girl to light the candle. The father and the mother, it's they're the ones that are training the girl. So the schar would also be connected to the parents. So the schar for the parents, anyways, would be son-in-laws, which are tamid chum. So the girl lighting, starting from the age of three at least to bas mitzvah, would be a schus for the parents. And, and therefore, that also give her the capability of having children who are tamide or husband, I'm sorry, in this scenario, which would be a Talmud Chacham. The Rebbe also points out a third reason why girls should start lighting, uh, lighting candles at the age of three. Um, he says, al at the age of 12, for a halachic reason. He says is, 
He says, Lahayr begams that ikr, that if you have a home that for whatever reason you don't have a mother that's lighting candles, then Lakuli Alma, if you don't have a mother, or at least a mother that's not lighting candles, then the Khib is on the daughter to light. There needs to be candles. So usually it's the mother. There is no mother, or she can't light with for whatever reason, then the daughter's supposed to write it, at least when she reaches the age of Bas Mitzvah. So therefore he says it needs to be established as much as possible that the daughters of Bate Shemiter Mitzvahs, which are in her neighborhood, should light the candles. Because if they're not lighting the candles, this 14-year-old girl is going to see how these other girls aren't lighting candles, and therefore she's not going to light. But if she sees that everybody's lighting candles, then she'll also light candles, and the Mimela should be able to fill the obligation for that particular home. Just as a haisafa, one of the ideas that the Rebbe mentions in the Sicha is that Nitnat Torah Lase Shalom which this is from the Rambam in the end of Hilchas Hanukkah, where the Rambam is talking about that if a person only has enough money for Ner Hanukkah or Ner Shabbos, he should pay for Ner Shabbos because of the Indian of Shalom bias. And then he, he continues that the entire Torah was given for the Indian of Shalom, as the Pasuk says, Darchecha, Darchinam, Cholnif Shalom. So the Mepharshim ask, what's the source of the Raman for this particular Maimar Chazal? Because there is no Maimar Chazal in Bavli, Yushalmi, or the Medrash with these particular words. So the Rebbe discusses this in Chelech Ches on Daf, uh, on Daf um, 349. And he explains over there, he, first, he brings the Magen Mishnah. So the Magen Mishnah says it comes from the Sifri, from Parshas Nose, where it's talking about the Saita. And the Sifri says, God Allah Shalom, that Shalom, the greatest Shalom that we even raise Hashem's name in order to bring Shalom in Ishlishtar. So that's how the Magi Mishnah brings it. But the problem with that, of course, is that over there it's not really talking about that the Torah is the Indian of Shalom, that the whole Torah was given for the Indian of Shalom. Rather, it's talking about really the general idea of the godless of Shalom. So Shalom is so great that you do this particular thing. It doesn't mean, this Chayr doesn't mean that the entire Torah was given to make Shalom. So the the, the, the Tzamech Tzedek brings in our Taira, he brings a Gemara in Git and Daf and Tassim base. So the Gemara over there is talking about, it says that there, Mishnah says, Elu Dvarim, that, that there are certain things that were done because of Dark Keshala. And one of the things are that a Koyin gets the first Aliyah, and the Levi gets the second. And then Yisrael would get, get the third. And the reasoning for that is because of Dark Keshala, so there shouldn't be fighting in the, in the Shul. So we made a certain order. So the Gemara says, Mananim Gili, where do we know this from? Meaning is, even though it's because of Dark Hashon, but how do we know this is the order that you should do it, do it in? So the, they bring different um, sources. One of them is, it says in the Pasuk, Bikidash, they're supposed to make the Kaidish, which that means that they start, they read the Torah first, they, they break the bread first, uh, etc. Fine. So the Mar then says, since we have these Pesukim that are telling us that a Kain is supposed to be Kaidish, and he's supposed to be the one who's going first, why does the Mishnah says it's because of Dar Kishon? There's Pesukim that are telling us that a Kayin is supposed to be Kadash, like that he's supposed to be Pesach Rishon. So, so Umar answers, Rabbi Yitzhak answers, Enachinami. What it means is, it's, it's a Din Tahtaira, and what's the reason for this Din Tahtaira? Because of Dar Kishon. Meaning, is, why does the Tahtaira say that the Kayin should always start first? Is because of Dar Kishon. So the Umar asks, wait a second, but the Umar asks like this, I'm going to quote the Lashon. So Abai says, the entire Torah is also because of Darkei Shalom. That he says the entire Torah is also because of Darkei Shalom. So it doesn't say the Lashon of Nitna, but it does say that the whole Torah is also because of Darkei Shalom. So Rabbi answers rather what it's coming to refer to a situation is where the coin wants to be Meichel his covenant. 
So usually a lot of be Michael probably for this particular Indian, he's not allowed to be Michael and give his aliyah to Yisrael or Levi, because that would cause fighting in the shul. So therefore the coin always goes first, because of Dark Yishon, he can't be Michael. Fine. But we see that this seems to be a good source for this idea that the Torah is, was given for the Indian of Shalom. But the Rebbe points out that it's not a, a Raya Muchachat, because the Gemara is talking about the dinim and the hayrois of the Torah, that the Torah gives a dinim and halachis, and the purpose of these dinim and, and these halachis are because of Dark Yishon, as we see, uh, from this Gemara about the coin always getting the first aliyah. But that doesn't prove that the entire Torah, like all the other parts of Torah, for example, Derosh Rekibel Schar, or Yagda Torah V'yadir, that there are learning, Inyanim of learning Torah, which is not necessarily connected to the Inyan of Harad Bapaya. So, therefore, this Gemara is not a Raya Mechachas. But the Rebbe says that maybe the, 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 the Diyak is also from, because it says in the Gemara, Kol HaTorah Kula. That it's it's it, it doubles the expression. It doesn't say kol atayra now. It says kol atayra kula. The entire tayra completely is because of dark yeshon. So it could be the rabbins being medayik from that lashon kol atayra kula. That it's not it doesn't just mean the harois for dinah tayra, but rather it means every all, the entire tayra, all the different aspects of the tayra. And based on that, the rebbe says we can also understand why the rambam brings the full pasuk. It says dechsiv darcha darcheinu mechol nesiv v'sashon. This is different between a derech. Derech is a large path. While the Nesiv is a small path. So the, the Ramans being the diet from the Pasuk, Chol Nesiv is that the larger, like the general pathways of the Torah, the different ways of learning, that's for the Indian of Shalom. And also Chol Nesiv also all the particular roads, all how it's relevant even to the, uh, each person individually, how it's relevant to each individual. It's not just the Chol and the general ideas of the Torah, are to have shalom, but how it translates the individual sometimes to be the opposite shalom. No, even how it translates into individual, it's also for shalom. And the Rambam says nitna. What's the idea of nitna? Because the Rambam's telling us that it's how the Torah was put into this world, how it was given to us, just like by in the Gemara, Mesechah um, Shabbos where it talks about and the Malachim and Moshe are fighting about where the Torah should be. The Malachim say, while Moshe, while Moshe Rabbeinu replies, no, you should give it to us, because we're the ones who could do that. We're the ones able to fulfill the Torah in this world. So same idea over here, the Ram is right, that it's Nitin that was given, that the reason why it was given to us was for these aspects of Shalom. Holding to say of Shalom, all these Nitin is for us, because how it is Lamaila, you don't need the Indian of Shalom Lamaila, because it already is Shalom Lamaila. It's only down here do you need this Indian of Shalom. It's only relevant down here, if that's not relevant up above. Similarly to how all the other Sarasadibis and all the Tariyad Mitzvahs are not relevant above, it's only relevant uh, down here. The Rebbe does uh, point out also a third source, and this is, the, I believe, it's the Chiddush of the Rebbe. The Rebbe says another source could be also from the Medrash Rabbah uh, in Chumash Ben Midbar. Um, Parsha Yura Aleph Oizayim. So the, it says over there, Shalai Nimshla Hatayra El Bashan. The Torah is only Nimshal compared or made as comparable to the Indian of Shalom. Shanamar Bachol Nisivoy Seha Shalom. So it says, Shalai Nimshla Hatayra El Bashan. Meaning is that Torah, of course, is above the Indian of Shalom, as we've been explaining. The essence of Torah is, is above it. But Torah, a marshal for the union of Torah is the union of Shalom. It says, So if that's a passage for Mishlei, 
which the Pashtas, of course, is talking about, um, you know, a mashal of a woman, but the, also we know everything in Mishnah is also mashal for the union of Tyra. So the wholeness of Mishnah is not just about the Isha, but it's also about the Tyra. So the mashal for the Tyra, to describe the Tyra, is the union of Shalom. And this is similar to what the Rambam is writing. The Rambam is saying that the Tyra was nitna lasse Shalom ba'ilam. That how it was given to us, it's in Shalom. So this would be similar to the Medrash, the Maimar Chazal and the Medrish, that the Torah was nimshula l'inyan of, uh, of Shalom, meaning the Torah on its own is, of course, something which is higher than the Shalom, but how it's nimshal, how it's explained to the student, how it's being drawn down and nishtalshal to a lower level to make it relevant to us, the way that we understand the union of Torah, how it's relevant to us is that it's, oh, it causes the union of Shalom, meaning is that it reveals how the world and Hashem is really one. So I guess the Milo, that union of Achtos, is in a much deeper way. I mean, not, it's a much deeper way. But the muscle for how we understand this union of Achtos and the unity of Hashem is this aspect of Shalom of, of between Hashem and the world, that the world is Be'etzem, uh, one with Hashem. Uh, but the Rebbe points out that this, it's not a, this source is not as strong as the Tzemach Tzedeks because you could explain this Maimar Chazal to mean Shalom ben Yisrael avim shavashmayim. Like you could say that the Torah is compared to Shalom means between the Yidin and Hashem. It doesn't necessarily mean that it literally brings Shalom Ba'ilam. Ashink and the Rambam and the Gemara is clearly talking about between a man and his the Rambam's talking about Shalom Ba'is between a man and his wife, and the Gemara is talking about the Shalom in a community between Kainim, Levim, Yisrael. And it's talking about a physical type of Shalom. So you could explain this Medrash to mean it's between Yisrael, Levim, Shalom. It doesn't mean an actual physical type of manifestation of this idea of Shalom. But it's still. Um, Still a good source, especially once. But anyway, so that the Rebbe says that if, if you know you want an action noise that the the Gemara Gitten is just talking about the Hayroyis Vedini Hatara, then you have the second source, which is not talking about the Hayroyis Vedini Hatara, but of course has a different chasarim. So, but that would be a secondary source for this concept.